Stokes here. Walks across the dead ball line. Now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes. Changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom. I'm happy with that. Big chase there. My goodness. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Absolutely reeling from the week that was. And I know I'm not alone in that one. Uh, but tough. It was just a funny, funny week of Supercoach. Basically, it boiled down to, did you have Joey Manu in your team? Did you captain him? And alternatively, did you captain Ryan Pappenhausen? Well, I was also all of those things. Uh, here to join me to talk through the tough week is a fellow who is even in a darker corner than I am at the moment. I've actually prepared a bit of introductory music for him. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Spy, speak to me. What's this about Manu? I've been on a, a bender since about five o'clock Saturday. Over. I can't remember why, though. Um, about Manu. Oh, shit, it's all coming back to me now. Um, yeah, look, comfortably the worst weekend of my, probably my fantasy sporting life, to be honest. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you. And for, the listeners out there, for the listeners out there, the Spy plays every form of uh, fantasy sport in existence. Yeah, I don't hate sport. So, uh, <laughs> and look, are we going to talk about a few numbers around Manu in a minute, or do you just want me to throw the two at you that really sum up the weekend right now? Mate, just just hit us. Okay, firstly, this is when you know it's a bad weekend. When you've got Angus Crichton on the left edge, goes straight past Damone, who grabs his shorts, gets pulled up about four centimetres short somehow. Manu had already done damage by then. I'm like, oh, that would have been nice uh, not to be. Oh, look who's going into dummy half. <laughs> Manu, he crashes over. So let me talk you through that. In the space of five seconds, Crichton's <laughs> lost about 32 points. You know, you can, you can cop 32 points. That's all right. Manu's jumped in and scored a few tackle busts, line break, and gained about 66 points for his skippers, which seemed to be everyone in the world apart from us. <laughs> That's 96 points lost in five seconds. <laughs> so that hurt. And my other numbers are I just had to do it to myself because I just needed to know if I hadn't have gone Manu to Ta'o those weeks ago, which I'm still happy with. The logic out of that, but obviously it wasn't to be. I would have had Manu playing. Instead, I had Max King playing. Solid, you know. That's <laughs> right. King, King does a good job. He's your 17th man. Manu scored 382 for everyone that VC or skipped him. Pappy got 34. Everyone owned Pappy, but they didn't have to captain him because they had Manu. <laughs> I had King for 53 and Pappy 68 doubled. That's 295 points <laughs> just from going to uh, Manu to Toto. So um, that's where I'm at, boys. <laughs> Spy, this is the difference between you and me, mate, and I, I do commiserate for you, is that I had just about all those same issues except I actually benched Angus Crichton this week. But I just don't do it to myself. I don't look into those numbers. I know it's grim reading, but uh, you've just really shot yourself in the foot there. Uh, also joining us is another fella of the the non-Joey Manu bandwagon. Not only did everyone skip him, Spy, but I feel like there's about three people in Supercoach that don't own Joey Manu, and they're all on this podcast. It is Quantum CEO, actually, Adam DeRussi. Ad, how are you, mate? Well, I'm, I'm with you, blokes, on Joey Manu. <laughs> the only thing I would add is two things. Is one... Um... 
First of all, my season was already toast, so I kind of at least I'm not looking game. My season's over. Like whereas for you, Tim, you were you were just about to hit the top 100, and so that kind of screwed you. And secondly, I can't help but feel some blame because you and I were on the um, drinks at the races that day with uh, Matty Ryan when I think I convinced you to trade toe to Manu to toe. So. I kind of feel some responsibility, even though you're a big boy super coach. But um, I felt good that first week when went to I scored on the wing and he got his tongue, and I felt like shit on um, the weekend. So yeah, that was that was a very rough week. The, the only other good thing that was good for me was um, I actually beat Spy in my head to head. So I, <laughs> despite going ordinary, actually won a head to head against the Spy. Gritty win that one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I I can't believe. Like how how far wrong and the ramifications of going to Rose Hill Racecourse with the Socceroos goalkeeper could have gone for one Supercoach side. I, I literally remember having my phone on me, just going, "God, I want Brian Tyree this week." But there's no way I can do it. And I gave him my phone. I was like, "Ads, just find a way for me." And you you go, you're like, "Oh, mate, if you haven't found a way, I'm not be able to find a way for you." Five minutes later. Hey, what about selling Joey Manu? Oh, yeah, when <laughs> you put it that way. Nah, mate, as you said, I'm a big boy of Supercoach. I can make my own decisions. And it was a masterstroke for two weeks, so it just turned rapidly. Spy. Just on that, I did the exact same thing, and I didn't get to go to the races. So it's just, <laughs> just heartbreak everywhere. <laughs> oh, anyway, if anyone's uh, still listening to our wallowing, thanks for, for st- sticking with us. We'll get on to a few more positives from here. Spy, mate, what's that, that done to your ranking? So I went 1,000 to 3,000, which probably doesn't seem that bad in the context. What what it does do, it puts a lot of people way in front of me in like that top two to 500, which I sort of had an eye on. Mm. Uh, so I'll probably just reassess things. We'll, we'll see how things go. I'll come hard, hopefully. And uh, rather than maybe going back-to-back top 100, I might just have to see if I can sneak into the top five or 800 or something like that. But there's a long way to go. And um, we saw what happened in four seconds on the weekend. There's still eight or so <laughs> rounds left, so... You never know, boys. We'll just get into it and see how we go from 3,000th, which is still okay. It's not too bad. I just wanted more. That's it, mate. Uh, don't worry. I'm, you're not alone, as I said. 1181 for the Stallions. Dropped 269 spots to 376th overall, which was not as bad as I thought, to be honest. With seeing 1,500, 1,600 scores out there, I think the, the winner this week might have even been 1,700. Um, probably not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but yeah, a, a real a real shot in the arm that one was. My team actually went fine. It was just that the Marnie Pap. Manu and Pappy uh, situation did it for me. We're actually going to get to that topic a little bit later, or pretty shortly, I should say. Um, on today's show, we're going to go through the Supercoach relevant team news. Our topic for the week is just that, chasing down the top teams. How many points, how, like how far behind can you be? How can we do these? What sort of pod players can we initiate to make big swings? I'm uh, really interested in both of your thoughts on that. Spire, we saw how quickly we can drop down. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you can move up just as quickly. Uh, round 19, trades and skippers, our hot topics, listening questions, all the usual good stuff. Quick shout-out to a few of the SC Playbook crew. Stevie Hevener, uh, supposed draft expert who went, I think he was top 1,000 or 500 last year, is 142nd overall. Fish, Michael Fisher, uh, I think he's as a top finish of 9th overall, is 216th. Uh, Desi Creek, a big week for him, up to 509th overall. Nicky Moon writes the weekly rap, bit of a funny guy. He thinks, seems to think so anyway. 607. So we're going all right uh, despite our troubles. Guys, if you're not following us on socials, we're at SC Playbook One on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. So give us a follow. Also, for any Supercoach AFL players out there, 
Go and follow SC Playbook AFL on all our socials. Same great content, gun podcast and all that. So go and have a look into that. Fellas, let's get stuck into the team news for the week. Uh, nothing probably major in there. The, we'll start with Spy. Ryan Madison returns at lock for the Eels after a few weeks out. Any interest in Maddo? And more so, how do we feel this? Do you think this will negatively impact Sean Lane and Isaiah Papaliti owners? Um, I won't impact Sean Lane. I don't think he'll stick on that left edge. I'm pretty happy with Laney, to be honest. Um, Papali, he's interesting. He's leaving the club next year, but they obviously have a focus on the premiership. It shouldn't be about next year, or you'd hope not. So he'll stick to his role. It just depends if he shifts between the middle and the edge at all, which um, we'd all prefer him on an edge as owners because he's just got that extra try scoring ability. Uh, but I mean, at this stage of the year, you're not going to sell Papali unless you really want to go mad um, and, and have a crack. But you hold on to him and... Seeing everyone owns him, it's not the biggest factor anyway. Uh, and in terms of Maddo, I think he's a good one to target. Um, it'd be nice to wait a week if you could, but if you've got a trade there and you're looking to use it, I'm certainly not against Maddo. Just bear in mind he's got that rib injury, but he's had a couple extra weeks off now. Maybe he comes back okay. What about yourself, Ads on Ryan Madison? He had a five-round average of 80 points per game prior to that injury. There was also a game there against your Bulldogs where he played 36 minutes for 52 points. So pretty big numbers if he can find that form again uh, back from injury. Yeah, man, he's a proven super coach gun, right? So I think um, if you've if you've held him, then you're pretty happy he's been selected. I'm, I don't know. I'm, um, I think I'm now at the point with Mano. He just gets those injuries so often mm. where whether it's head injuries or whatever it is, that I'm not sure I want to kind of go to him. But uh, And I certainly wouldn't now with trade so slim at this point of the year. But he's he's a gun. So if you if you can get him as a pod, then good luck to you. But I'd, I'd just be worried about him going down injured again. Yeah, he, he, he's burnt me a couple of times the last few seasons. Spy, Payne Haas, uh, similar mould, an absolute gun in his position. Had a few injury issues this year, end of late. Is he a bloke you'd target for the run home? He's a target if you want to upgrade someone that's probably not doing a great job for you. Uh, just because he's so cheap, you can almost do it without using much cash and lock in a proven proven star of the game in the front row there. In saying that, I won't be necessarily putting my eyes on him because I want want more upside guys like even Cam Murray, for example. I think he's just more likely to score a double uh, and put up that 130-140 than Haas, who's just rock solid. And he used to score a lot of tries, but he haven't, hasn't lately. So... I think you can afford to miss him, but if you've held on to him, it'd be nice to have him back, that's for sure. Mm. Adds Zach Hosking, who was a very popular buy this week. People obviously looking to free up some cash there, potentially make some cash as well. Uh, dropped out of the 17. Is he a guy that you'd put still be looking to cash in to, to facilitate trades elsewhere or not? Not for me, because I think I'm going to. I've been listening to you, mate, and I, I actually really do think that um, depth is going to be important this year. And so I'm not sure I want to trade down to a guy that I don't think like you may not play again. And I just reckon that, you know, that 21st guy in his squad could easily be starting for you in the last couple of rounds. And I know that that's what happened to me last year. I, I burnt my trade, so I ended up having guys just had no business in starting, starting at the end. And, and it cost me a few thousand places just in the last, like, three or four weeks. And so I don't want that to happen again. So I won't be bringing in a guy like that myself. I just... I just need the depth because I've already got a couple in my side that I'm stuck with. Hmm. I just like mid-pain has chat have had uh, – I'll get to this later, but I could be trade boosting this week after using two trades last week. Just might have completely changed my trades. I just have to see 
it's a conundrum where it's going to fit me in by about up $100 or down $100. So to be confirmed, I'll get back to you. Spy, sorry to bring up old wounds, mate, but Joey Manu named. Uh, there was a bit of concern over his calf, but there was a bit of chat that that was just sort of calf-related uh, stuff, nothing too serious, a bit of cramping. Um, named at centre. What does this mean for – we'll get to his buy credentials later on, but what does this mean for his output at centre? Um, old wounds are fine, mate. Or fullback, of course. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, firstly, the beauty of sport is there's always next week, so don't worry about what happened last week. I've moved on. It's all smiles <laughs> it here. Sounds at, like all, it. All good here at Spy Headquarters. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of Joey Manu, and I'll hit you back with this in a minute because you're the bloke. You're still in that real red hot position, so it's going to matter for you. Me sitting three thousandth, I sit there and I say. Mm. I don't know if I want to do it because I'm going to try and catch up what I missed last week. And if I buy him this week, I'm not catching any of it up. It just you can't mathematically do it. Whereas if I don't buy him and he goes down early with that calf and scores a five while my man to- oh, scores his 170, then all of a sudden you're, you're back square. So you got to hope that can happen. But it's a different story if you're 300th. So I'd be interested to see what you do because even at centre, and I've thought this all year, I thought he'll start roaming more and more as the year goes on. And after the month he's had, he can't be stuck on that right edge. It just doesn't make sense. Teddy's busy, though. Um, Sammy Walker gets his hands on the ball along with Kiri a lot. So he's not going to have the same impact as, like, fullback or 5'8", but he's still looking very dangerous, mate. And I think he'll just be floating around, getting a bit extra ball. Now he knows he can score from dummy half anytime he wants. Terrifying stuff. So I still love him as a buy. I love him as a hold. But, yes, he does lose a little bit on that right edge, um, which does help non-owners uh, to a degree there. Ads, following on from the Spire's comment, I'll throw a hypothetical at you. Let's say let's say you're coming around about 376 overall. You don't own Joey Manu. He's 800K. <laughs> Do you think you have to get him back in? But we'll call this, uh, just to make things easier, hypothetically, the bloke's name's Tim. <laughs> uh, dear Tim, I apologise for my <laughs> earlier advice on Joey Manu. Um <laughs> Well, let me tell you a quick story. It won't take long. If you remember me last year, mate, I was in that situation where I didn't bring in um, Alex Johnston. Mm. And so yeah. I then decided, okay, well, I've, I'm, I'm just going to now death ride him. I, and to be honest, it just cost me more points each week after week until yeah. he eventually did go down injured, actually. At that point, I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> it can uh, happen. I don't know. Look, I personally, and I, I, I'm not bringing him in. I, I can afford to because I could trade uh, perhaps to him. But I, could, I look at two things. One, if I bring him in, I'm not going to catch all the teams that have just gone hundreds of points in front of me. And secondly, 800 grand for him at centre, I just don't think is is the mm-hmm. same player as um, fullback and 5'8". So if he was at fullback of 5'8", I would say he's a must. At centre, I just think I'm going to have to death ride him and um, I'll probably pay a price. But, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I would do, mate. But, yeah. Thank you, mate. Uh, Spy. Yeah, just on that, and you mentioned Alex Johnson there. The big difference there, of course, is Alex Johnson's role never changed. So Ads are sitting there last year going, oh, man, he's still on the left edge, tearing up outside Cody, whereas at least Manu this week, he could get limited ball. He might run it 10 times, whereas if he's playing fullback or 5'8", you know he's going to be all over it. So there's um, there's something to think about there. And I had something really important to add, and I totally forget it, so I'll put my hand up if I think of it. <laughs> All right, quick side note. I said I'll get to my trade boost play later on, but I just plugged in the last trade and it leaves me with $0 available cash. Fate. I don't think that's ever happened where it's fallen in my favour, Spy. Absolute fate. What I was going to say to you, Timo, is 
if and as I mentioned it before, if you really want to have a crack at winning the comp, you probably don't do it by bringing him in Manu. It could hurt you for sure, yeah. but if you're going to go for number one and steam home, it's probably not by getting him. Unless, of course, you think you've got the pods to do it, and Manu then cancel out his brilliance on the run home. So something for you, something for you to ponder, mate. It's a big decision. Well, I can tell you, if you want to know, 97% of the top 100, not surprising, 97% yeah. of the top 100 have Manu. Yeah. So, Jeez. and 91% of the top 1,000. So, I mean, obviously, if you didn't have Manu, like like you you, know, you were just outside the top 100 because you don't, you now, whatever that number was, don't even want to mm. think about it. But um, it's going to, you're not going to catch the field when, when 97% have got him. Hmm. You might have made my decision for me because, look, as if it was at 5'8 or fullback, I would just lock him in because, you know, he probably tons up yeah. every week. But at centre, uh, realistically, historically, he hasn't scored that well or and not, nothing near 800 grand's worth. So what do you reckon, Spy? And we'll get to him in a minute, but um, I actually think Garrick might even be just as good a buy. You take out that crazy 190 from the weekend. Garrick's on fire. I know you don't own him. But again, are you going to antipod both of them? I'm not sure. It's, it's tough oh. stuff, Adzi. Yeah. I mean, I'll give, I'll give you an example. So I don't have Tedesco. Now, I know you do, Timmy. Do you, do you spoil enough if you have him? Uh, this week, I'm going to get him pending some Darussi numbers. Yeah, well, here's the numbers. So if you look at the top 100, 97% have got Manu, 10% have got Tedesco. Sweet. Oh. Getting him. Yeah. So for me, that's it's obvious to me who you bring in there. If you're in that situation, you bring in Teddy. Yep. <laughs> because I think Teddy should still outscore Manu on the run home at fullback. Agreed. Now, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. But that is an awesome pod to have. If you and so for the top one thousand, it's still only nineteen percent. So I mean, Teddy as a pod is a dream situation. And he can go. Teddy can go two hundred as skipper. That changes everything straight away. Yeah. So yeah. I am concerned in that one. Not that it changes a lot, but Latrell Mitchell was like really highly owned in the top hundred or top like the well sides doing quite well as well. So. Presuming they don't own Teddy already, and they probably sold Teddy to get to him, they're just going to go pappy straight to Teddy. Um, but still good to have ads. Well, I mean, so Latrell now is 64% of the top 100. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, whereas, like you say, pappy is 93% owned. So 93 of the top 100 teams are going to have to sell him to someone. And like you say, it's probably Teddy. But even then, like, you could go even crazier and go, um, depends on what you're trying to do. Like, I think your question before was, you know, what do you need to do to climb up the rankings? Like the way I look at it is if you want to win, then you're going to need to have something different because you have to overtake every single team. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. So if you, even if you're coming 50th and you've got to climb 500 points, you're not going to do it with Joey Manu and Teddy. You, yeah. you, need, you need a lot of luck. Um, whereas maybe a crazy idea is like someone like a Caelan Ponga. If he went nuts goalkeeping for the Knights, like no one's got him. Like he's owned by 0% of the top 10,000 teams. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's the crazy sort of pod that could get you there, but it would be that's high risk. You're also most likely result is you're going to go down. Whereas if you're just trying to go, if you're coming 1,000th and you're thinking, I want to get as high on the ladder as possible, then I think you make the safe plays of the, the Teddies and the Manus and so on, and, you know, you'll you, you get high, but you're no chance of yeah. winning. You know Jeez, a lot to decide in that one. And we'll get to a few more of those uh, positional changes, movements later, and particularly the fullbacks. There are so many good fullback and CT dub options this week. A few that we just touched on. Uh, one of those is Nick Meany, who is the bloke spy who filling in for Ryan Pappenhausen, who is unfortunately gone for the season. 
averaging 69 at fullback, will take over the goal kicking. Uh, is he a bloke that had inched you, you know, potentially at fullback, but even more so available at centre, centre wing? He's a really nice buy, I think, but I'm just a little bit off Melbourne at the moment, outside of maybe their real superstars. They're, they're really lacking go forward through the middle there. Um, I mean, he's been quite good at fullback, but I just don't know if he has that upside. Despite the fact he's with Melbourne and goal kicking, you'd think he would, but mm. I just don't think they're the team that they were. Or I don't think I know they're not the team they were four months ago when they were putting fifty to seventy on. Do they turn it around? Is the question to that degree? Probably not, but maybe they they improve on the back end as Bellamy teams tend to do. They still have Harry Grant, Munster, Jerome Hughes, um, Cheese to come back. So I mean, they're still a quality football team, but. For me, I just I feel like there might be better pods out there if you're chasing someone. Add Cam Murray named at at lock this week to return from uh, his concussion in the Origin decider. He's quite cheap at about five eighty odd k. A few lower scores over the Origin period with sort of reduced minutes to end load. Uh, we know how he'll be a valuable player for the run home. Should we have the chase to facilitate that move? Would you be happy to go this week on him, or would you be happy to prefer to wait? Should I say? Mate, if he's playing, I would. Like, I think he's he's going to be back to normal minutes. You would think. Like he's he's had his origin wrestle, but mm. yeah, concussion. But I mean, I love Cam Murray as a player. I had him at the start of the season, and he was great for me. So if I was looking for a pot in second row, he would be he would be the guy I would be um, bringing in. Mm. I'll, I'll give you some numbers again. Again, just looking at the top hundred. So Cam Murray, two percent owned. Someone like David Fafita that everyone brought in last week as a pod, 39%. Yeah. So still, Fafita's still a bit of a pod if he goes big, but I don't know. I just – I felt like at the start of the year, like Cam Murray was just more reliable than Fafita. I think Fafita looks looks like an animal on the field in terms of what he can do, but I I, I love Cam Murray. Yeah, Cam Murray does it. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a little bit tempted by Cam Murray to, to make another trade happen as well. We'll get to that a little bit later. Sione Katoa, gone for the season. Very disappointing for the Sharkies. 9% in the top 100, 7% of the top 1,000. So a few sides impacted by that one. Guys, if you've been wondering whether you can really afford to buy that new car or even thought you might need some extra cash to help take your business to the next level, whatever that goal is, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice are here to help you know your numbers with over 35 different lenders on their panel, the boys will be to find the perfect solution for any type of loan. Flick them a message via their Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, or give them a call on 02-9521-1611. Don't forget to mention the special code SC Playbook for a free numbers consult. Uh, we've had a heap of listeners get in contact with them guys this season. They've been stoked with the results. So you can also scan the QR code in our articles to set up a meeting with the boys. Fellas, topic for this week, and we've already touched on it a little bit, so we probably don't need to go into it too much, but all the chat leading into last week was, and I think we mentioned it on a prior podcast, how how far down the rankings do you have to be to catch the leaders or, or make big jumps? Uh, and there was a few glass half, full versus glass half, empty approaches to that. Uh, I know I was very much in the in the way of you could be a fair way down, make a few big pod moves like the ones Ads just suggested. You can jump points so quickly. And I think the round that's just been has proven that with scores anywhere from 1,700 uh, to 1,000 with a, a player as good as the Spy. Spy, you've obviously thought about this a lot. What's your take on it? I haven't thought too hard about exact numbers of how you catch people, but I just know for a fact that if you can nail certain things, which is ex- exactly what happened on the weekend to us, that kind of stuff can blow stuff out of the water. So you just need to set your teams up so... 
we come back to Brian Toll. He could do the exact reverse to Marnie that happened on the weekend. Mm. And maybe it's a Penrith game against someone like, you know, the Titans or Warriors who are struggling. And you say, I'm just going to put it on Toll this weekend. He could score, or Taylor May on that left edge. Just one of those guys who's a little bit out of the blue. He could score 180 as your skipper. Yes, it's a little bit risky, but it can happen. And if it's the last couple of weeks and you do it for a guy that might not be super highly owned, I tell you what, things can happen. But, I mean, if, there's just a long way to go still. That's the short of it. There's, what, eight games a week, seven or eight rounds. That's over 50 games of footy. Uh, we know how much can happen if trades run short. You might get to the last two weeks and 100 blokes in front of you might be down to zero trades and 15 men. You might have... 19 men and three trades, and you can bring in a few people. So I think the message is, without going into exact numbers, just keep keep the good fight happening because if you can do it tactically, don't go too crazy, but just some calculated gambles of guys that could go off. Um, anything can happen. So if you're around the mark up there, uh, don't give up till it's really done and dusted because those last couple of weeks could be anything. Uh, just, just before I get your thoughts, another fact that made me want to bring up this topic was going through the trades this week and the most traded in and out players, more so the most traded in. There are so many great buys with massive ceilings, a lot of them players that might have been sold off over the origin period. Uh, and I'll start with guys like Dave Fafita and Brian Toto, who at the time of recording weren't in the top 10 most traded in players who so can go big. Harry Grant is the 10th most traded in player, which astounds me. Uh, people are going for guys like DCE, Joey Manu, Ruben Garrick, James Tedesco, Latrell Mitchell, Cam Munster, Valentine Holmes. Uh, we did Obviously, Caelan Ponga's not in there. There are so many great buys this week. Trades are running thin. Um, mate, like, what's your take on it? Yeah, my take is I think similar to what you might be saying, mate, which is um, I think there's a lot of good options and I would probably be looking outside of that top 10 traded in players. Mm. Not to say none of them, but I think some of them look a bit guilty of chasing last week's points. Like, say, say DCE. Like, he, he went enormous. But, you know, is he going to be goal-kicking for the rest of the year? I don't know. I haven't heard that he is. Like, if he's I don't think so. Year, no, so if he's not goal-kicking, he's not going to keep getting tons every week. And so would I be chasing him in? I I think there's a lot of other good options at halfback and fullback, so I'm not, I'm not so sure there. Um, and like I say, when you don't have a, a Cam Murray on the list and some of the other names you mentioned, I think there are plenty of good options without just looking at the top ten and thinking, oh, if I don't bring in one of those, I'm, I'm making a mistake. <laughs> hey, just, just speaking on this topic of um, yeah, what does it take to make up the field and all that sort of stuff, I think, as I was saying before, I, I reckon it comes down to what your objective is. Like if you want to win, if you, if you seriously say, all I care about is do I come first, then for start, unless you're kind of in the top – 50 already, you've probably got your work cut out because the guys, like the guy who's leading is like 350 in front of fourth place and he has seven trades left. So he's in he's in pretty good shape, the, the, the actual leader. Um, but if your objective is to come top 100, then I think you can be, a, you know, just a couple of pods. So you don't, ha- you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to bring in a Ponga or something like that. You can just a combination, like a Teddy combined with a, a Murray is probably a huge difference over the rest of the field and and you can make up you know big places with just some subtle team differences because by the time you kind of go through five players all owned by 40 percent it's actually really hard to then find a team that has all five of those in the top top 100 as an example just mathematically yeah. starts multiplying out the being small numbers so yeah yeah and i mean like we we never like seeing players go down injured uh, but i mean in a super coach context 
we saw the impact that it had uh, last weekend with Ryan Pappenhausen. What if Ruben Garrick or uh, Joey Manu do go down early in the game? People have skipped them uh, and they are at close to 100% ownership and you don't have them. These swings can happen so quickly. We see how many HIAs there are in the modern era. Uh, Spy, anything to add? It's a good point for Mads. Just it's all about personal objectives there. So for me now, if I was sitting here last week, I really wanted to finish top 100. I didn't really think I could win it, though I would have had a crack. Um, but now, after a tough week, I might have a look and say, "All right, I want to get back into that top 1,000, then see if I can get back into the top five or 300 in the last couple of weeks." Uh, to do that, I don't have to go utterly crazy and do all these outrageous things and antipod every gun in the game. But it means I might just be. A little bit aggressive in certain phases or aggressive later on in the season. And a big one is Ruben Garrick. I've decided at this stage, I think he's going too well at fullback and goal kicking not to own. And I'm just going to go backwards without him. So Mm. I'm going to bring him in and work a few other guys around him to sort of chase those points from there. Yeah, nice. Uh, Adds any player ownership stats you wanted to run over or we keep going? Yeah, I've got a few if you want. Yeah, far away. Actually, you know, a bunch of interesting things I'm looking at. Like even like if you look at say the top team, they've got both Ryan Pappenhausen and Sione Katoa. So they're two guys gone for the season. So they they got seven trades at the moment, but they'll be five after this week. Presumably they'll trade those two blokes out. Team coming second has got three trades, doesn't have Pappenhausen, so so one. But the team coming third has got two trades and has to get rid of Pappenhausen. So some teams pretty thin on trades, by the way. So. So if you've got trades up your sleeve, I would I'd be saving them as much as <clears throat> only using them when you've got like a Pappenhausen situation and you really, really need to make mm. them. Um, in terms of ownership, just some stuff that jumps out. Um to have a look here. Someone like Talakai, like I don't know what to do with him. Like he's the sort of bloke that oh, man, I vowed not to bring him in my side. <laughs> one of those massive tons. I brought him in and he's been He's been pretty average ever since. He's now owned by about 50% of teams. Yeah, right. See, that's, that's not a bad little pod there because I still own Talakai. I held him uh, instead of selling him for Manu, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> and 50%, that's all right. Like in the whole game, someone might be 20%. If 50% of the top 1,000 or 100 don't own him, that's half the people. So you look at him and go, okay, he's pretty good. Maybe you captain him one week against one of the weaker edges and he gets his 150. Who knows? Brave man, but to have to tell a guy. <laughs> I've just been stung by him. I mean, about 50% own Joseph Tarpanay as well. I know which one I'd rather own as a 50% pod. No faith, uh, mate. A couple of others. Zach Hosking, you talked about before, the teams are stuck with him about 30%. So 22% of the top 100. So they, it could be. Tobu Harris is a guy that's, again, a bit like a Cam Murray. He's in pod territory. So he's, he's less than 10%. So he's about 8% owned, 6% he, of the top. He was big on the weekend, threw his stats up in my, my squad bay down this afternoon. Had, it was vintage, 41 tackles, like 16 runs, try assist. Uh, it might only be one week, but Torhu, big week for yeah. him. Yeah, he's he's that's genuine pod. Someone like Payne Haas, because I know he's back. Not that I think personally that I'd be going, I'd be climbing out to get a front rower as my pod to try and go up the rankings. I kind of think they, they don't know if there's a big enough ceiling, but... He's 15% owned by the top 100 and 23% of the top 1,000. So I think if you did own him, you'd be happy to have him as a pod. But I'd, I'd, um, I don't chase, know that I'd chase bring him Chase upside elsewhere, don't you? You sort of yeah, you want I'd, those wingers or fullbacks or halves. I'd probably rather own Haas than Tamalolo at the moment myself, and that's, whereas Tamalolo's owned by like 75%. Yeah. Um, they're probably the key ones. Like, like I said, fullback, fullback's interesting because you've got Teddy at 
ten percent. You got someone like the Trell at sixty four. Um, Valentine Holmes, I know you mentioned him. He's been traded in this week, but the starting point is you know one percent of the top thousand have got him. Mm, with a so very good draw. Yeah, and he does have a sweet draw and he's goal kicking. I mean, I think we're we're probably all been sucked in a little bit by how well he played in Origin in those big moments. Now, whether it's going to turn into Super Coach tons every week like Garrick seems to produce. Nah, good stuff, mate. Uh, guys, the SC Playbook uh, Stat HQ up on site for anyone who hasn't checked it out yet. Really, really good feedback for all of that. Uh, very few teething issues, which has been very absolute music to my ears. Uh, so glad I was enjoying that. There was one, though, the search bar on the site, having a bit of trouble typing names and getting them to pop up. Uh, that will be hopefully fixed pretty well by the time the podcast goes to air uh, or very shortly after. So we'll get that one sorted. If there's anything else that's wrong with it or if you have any feedback for us that we can add to it, uh, please let us know and we'll get that sorted out. Boys, hot topics for the week. To be honest, we've covered a lot of them, which is just fantastic. Uh, we we will talk about a few of those, probably fullbacks in particular, though, because we, we had a lot of questions coming through the SC Playbook social channels. Unsurprisingly, who do we turn Pappenhausen into? And there's lots of so many, so many options. Uh, one that we probably haven't spoken about in a lot of depth is Latrell Mitchell, a guy who you mentioned ads before. His ownership's already quite high, uh, surprisingly high to me. Now, I'm looking at prob- more than likely getting him in this week, but with the run home against the Storm, Sharks, Warriors, Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, Roosters, it is that's as tough as it gets uh, just about. Like, you nearly couldn't make a tougher draw than that unless you, you replaced the Warriors game. So while I'm not uh, so concerned about like, – he's, he's pretty fixture-proof – sorry, he's pretty fixture-proof Latrell – when the Rabbitohs are in red-hot form. But prior to the two soft weeks prior, the Bunnies have struggled this year and not a lot's really changed about their team. So, Spy, is Latrell coming to your side for Pappy or could you see an, an opportunity to antipod him for one of a plethora of other options? Firstly, I like him. Um, I've said from pre-injury when he came back from the States, you just know he's in the zone just because how good he looks. He's just fit as a fiddle. He's playing great footy. But, mate, with that run home, and there's one thing I'll add to this, and it's his suspension risk. Uh, if you're very low on trades, which a lot of us are, there's every chance he belts someone high. It's probably just an accident, but he just comes flying across. He comes comes like a bull at a gate. And if you lose him for two or three weeks or even one week when you really need him and you've got no trades left, he could really hurt you. Whereas if you're in a position where you do get him in and you've got a few trades up your sleeve, then you're happy to go for it. Um, but I just think with the draw combined with that risk, I'm happy to antipod. I still think he could go really well. There's no doubt he could go really well. Uh, but I think maybe Chase elsewhere. That's my short short take on it, and given his current ownership levels as well. What are your thoughts on trail ads? Yeah, pretty similar for me. I mean, again, just everyone's got to bear in mind the positions we're in. We're kind of chasing rather than <laughs> protecting, defending now. But when you look at his draw, like, it's, it, like you say, it is as tough as it gets. I know he's fixture-proof, but it's hard to see him punch out tons every week against those oppositions. It's like, Goal-kicking points. Up. Although he's such a gun. I mean, he single-handedly beat my team of the weekend. Yeah. But then compare his draw to, say, <laughs> Valentine Holmes and the Cowboys, who's got a soft draw, or, or the Cronulla players and some of the draws they've got. Like, it's – oh, man, it's, it's it's not a super coach-friendly draw for the Rabbitohs. It's so, so difficult. And as I said, if they do regress to what they've shown for this entire season, 
they could get belted in a few of these games and it just might not give Latrell any opportunity to do anything in attack. So, look, I don't think any of us are arguing that he's a terrific trading option this week, but uh, I don't think it's as cut and dry as, as it maybe appears. Uh, what else have we got? A few of these we've already ticked off. A quick little side story, uh, another horror story to add to today's very gloomy podcast. One of my real good mates, loves his super coach, not a diehard like probably we are, but does love it. Had the VC on Joey Manu, went to initiate the VC loop, uh, got in the old schooner of Shecks on Saturday, and me, <laughs> the bloke he put into captain for his AE loop just happened to be Leo Thompson, who got called, <laughs> in, called into the game day squad. So instead of getting Joey Manu's doubled up 1-9, he got Leo Thompson's 35 times 2. Uh, could have been worse, who, but... <laughs> who, who outscored Pappy by the sounds of it? Yeah. <laughs> by one... So there's always someone worse than, than you. That's the beauty. That's the moral of that story. <laughs> oh, so, what, so what you're saying is, mate, your mate only beat my, me by about 300 because of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he didn't get mine. as captain. Poor bugger. Um, <laughs> boys, we've spoken about Ruben Garrick. We've spoken about Valentine Holmes. Uh, we've touched on Caelan Ponga. What about Scott Drinkwater, who, Spy, I know you're a big fan of him. Fantastic draw on the run home. Uh, how do you like him? I own him and I love him. Um, mm. If Adzi's got the stats there in a second, I'd love them. But um, he's running the ball a lot as well these days because he, he is a little body, but it seems to be growing in confidence. His tackle busts are actually up as well. Um, he's the kind of bloke he'll semi-scare you a little bit just because he doesn't have that pedigree where you know he's been in the out-and-out gun forever. But you just need to go through his numbers for the year to know he could really produce for you. Um, just running through his draw now, Tigers, Saints, Doggies, Warriors, Souths, in five of the last sevens, all pretty good stuff compared to some other draws. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a winner for me and he's a classic, hopefully he's still a bit of a pod, but I think he's a great target if you want to have a, a little bit of a swing with some upside. Yeah, mate, I would I would give you the top 100, but unfortunately the top 5,000 is more relevant for you these days, Spy. <laughs> he's, um, he's 22% owned by the top 5,000. Yep. Basically, he's 22% owned by everyone apart from the top 100. It's 14%. That's so good. Still, so, when still I, a so when I captain him against the Bulldogs and he goes 190, uh, I'll be back up there. <laughs> good to know, mate. <laughs> Wonderbird, mate. He won't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Spy, just, just copping slack from the big dogs of the SC Playbook podcast. First, Matty Ryan now adds Darussi's into him. <laughs> We're lucky we still have him for the crap. Lucky I'm thick-skinned, I tell you. <laughs> hey, quick question I'll throw at you, blokes. Uh, blank canvas, you need a fullback to replace Ryan Pappenhausen for the run home. Not worried about rankings if... If it's round one and everyone's on the same ranking, who do you think is the best replacement for Ryan Pappenhausen, whether you currently own them or not? Spy? <laughs> Crikey. It's a um, tough question. On the run, I still think it's Teddy. Um, I'm assuming most own Garrick and Manu, as we know, so probably you discount them. them but... You can throw them in the equation, assuming we, we haven't picked our team yet. <clears throat> I think it's very tight out of Teddy and Garrick. I think Garrick will fly home, but... Just because I'm bringing him in, I'm bringing them both in this week. Um, I'm, give me two. It's been a tough week. Garrick, Teddy. That's very high on Garrick's by. Uh, add yeah. to yourself. Teddy for me, for sure. Mm, yeah, I'm Teddy as well. Um, so hopefully we don't sway too many people on that because I love him at his current ownership. Yeah, edit this bit out, please. I need something. <laughs> Spy, Brian Toto. Hardly a mention this week amongst all those other big names. I believe all three of us own him. I thought he'd be a lot higher on the list of trade-ins this week. Yeah, I think um, it just sort of happened that unless you were – because as you said, the only way to get 
Todd in was so one of those blokes like Marnie, so that's why he's probably ended up a pod. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't love him on the right edge for Penrith compared to the left. If he was, if he was on the left wing still, he'd be nearly the best bloody player in the game. But it's saying that his last his last couple of scores, there's two tons in his last three games. Um, they got a reasonable run home with a few tougher games, but it's Penrith, so he's going to get good footy. I'm hoping that right edge combination with Cleary and Crichton continue to develop, and maybe his base comes back um, even a little bit more substantially after a week off. So. Yeah, really, he's one of my favourite guys to own because he's just in everything and he's on the end of a great back line. So if you need someone to get in, it's hard to go wrong. Spy, while we're on the, the Penrith edges, Taylor May is the seventh most traded out uh, at the, again at the time of recording. So it might have changed end a little bit, but people looking on, looking to move on May, who is on arguably the, the strongest attacking edge in the NRL on the left at Penrith. What's your take on that? I think it's very brave. Um, Penrith, you'd think after their week off, are just going to peak towards finals and play awesome footy. He's on the left edge. Um, geez, hard to go past, isn't he? I think it's a brave man or woman to trade him out. But again, the only reason you do it is if you're going to to someone who's an out-and-out gun. Like maybe you're, you're trading him to someone like a Garrick or a Teddy who you think's just going to go past them. But the absolute short answer is I'm not going anywhere near trading Taylor May. Ads, where do you sit on that? Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I've got him and, um, yeah, if I was constructing a side today, there might be other players I'd want in front of him. But it's just, to me, that's just a luxury trade if you're making that. Like if, you're, if you're trading out a guy who's left winger for Penrith and has proven he can score, I think you're just burning a trade. And may, maybe you'd be better off, but may, maybe you won't. Like you could easily bring him in for a guy that gets injured. And then you're burning two trades. I just think we're at the point of the season where I think you're saving trades for guys that you're going to have to replace. Like, remember every year we, we talk about this and every year the, the Ryan Pappenhausen's of the game go down and we all need to burn a trade. Mm. And there's still, what, how many weeks have we got left? Like, what, seven weeks or something? Yeah, yeah. it's a long time. unfold. Yeah, yeah. Plus, May's got an awesome base as well. It's not like he doesn't run the ball. Even on a bad week, he didn't score last week. He got 47. So, you know, oh, the, he's, he's good. The Tigers could not tackle him. I said he didn't go bit. Granted, the Tigers can't tackle a lot of players, but uh, <laughs> he was he was busting tackles for fun. He looked fantastic, I thought. He's a great so, player. He's a guy. Uh, yeah, not a chance I'd be selling Taylor May. Uh, and the last one in the hot topics, fellas, ads, I'll start with you. Harry Grant. Only the tenth most traded in this week. Another guy I thought would be a lot higher, uh, but as we keep saying, probably the injury to Ryan Pappenhausen and a few other players emerging is getting people to push back on that trade a week. Uh, how how high a priority buy is Harry Grant at the moment? C- can it wait a week or two, or does he need to come in this week? Well, I brought him in last week because I mean, I was admittedly I was stuck with um, Appy, so I can't, and I needed a number. So he was the first player I brought in just because I think he's by far the best hooker. Now, and I always felt like last week was a risk post-origin and he might be a little bit let down, not get minutes. So I was glad when he scored that try. So I think last week felt early. I reckon now they're going to – I personally think with Pappenhausen out, they're going to need even more creativity from Harry. So I, I think he's a mustard hooker. It obviously depends on your side as to how you get him in and what you do. But, yeah, if I was, if I was um, wanting to win or kind of go very high, I'd, I'd be pretty scared to not have Harry Grant. Mm. 
particularly oh, on a yeah. week where lots lots have traded him out over the origin period and are looking to get him back in. So, you know, it could be a week where he goes 150, jumps up another 100K. Uh, and last weekend's game against the Raiders, the Storm just out-muscled in that one by the f- might of the green machine. Uh, Pat, uh, sorry, Grant, he was he hardly ran it. He, um, it was, I think it probably coming off origin. It looked like he had an instruction just to dish to Cam Munster and Jerome Hughes. Maybe that was trying to more so get at the Raiders' edges, which could have been the game plan. Uh, but as a non-owner, it was pretty relieving. Spy, I'll preempt that you're going to say he's a must-have, uh, but how does it have to be this week or, or can it wait a week? You could wait one week if you want to risk it. But the thing with Harry, there's, there's two things here. First of all, the average... 90, he's having a look, he averaged 95 up to around nine, which is outrageous. Mm. Then he played Penrith and the Cowboys and went okay against him, leading into Origin. Clearly, he was always not going to be necessarily at his absolute best backing up from Origin. It's a tough period, but, mate, he's just, he's so good. As Adzi said, he um, he's going to probably have to do more for them now. My only question mark is the Melbourne go forward at the moment isn't fantastic, so he's probably not going to get as much opportunity to run. Uh, what's Cheese back in two? He misses two more games. Two he? more. Because uh, he's key to him. He'll, he'll get out there and just run like a madman and get quick play of the balls. But they also have the Warriors and the Titans coming up. South can be a bit flaky at times. Um, I don't think he's an absolute must-have, but it's a bold, bold person to go without him, I tell you. Now, the top team doesn't have him. I noticed that, like, so the leader doesn't have him, but um, he's got plenty of points to play with. I just think yeah. in that position as well, like I've, I've got Robson who's been killing it, but he scored like five weeks in a row. Um, Harry tends to score what he does without really doing anything. So I just think if you're going to have a crack at probably the title up top there, I think he's probably the man you want. Um, you're really banking on Melbourne struggling a lot um, and he'll still probably go okay. So it's a big risk if you're not going to get him. Yeah, uh, I was about to cut you short there, Spy, on your around Brandon Smith and Robson and Co. But I reckon we'll get to your little plans around those very shortly. It is round nineteen trades and skipper plans. Uh, what have you got, Spy, and specifically around them boys? All right, so I'm going to keep the cheese just for my backup hooker. Uh, hopefully, Harry gets through two weeks without him. But essentially, I've said it a few times across the year: if Harry goes down. Cheese comes straight into hooker. He's now had a couple of weeks off, which I think he badly needed. Um, if I then have to put the cheese as my hooker, that's Brandon Smith, um, then that doesn't worry me at all. And for 370k, I'd rather sell Reese Robson to free up that bulk cash elsewhere um, to do the oh. trades I'm going to do, which is Reese Robson out, Deloise Hoiter out, did a good job for me last week, and Pappy out. Uh, at the moment, it's Harry Grant, Ruben Garrick, and James Tedesco coming in on my last boost. So that's a huge strengthening of a side. <clears throat> and if I was to hold on to Robson, I couldn't get one of those two guns, one of those three guns. So makes sense to me. Happy to do it. Um, I rate the cheese, and I think the couple of weeks off will do him a world of good for the run home. Uh, now, I, I really don't mind that strategy. And again, you've got me thinking spies. You, you tend to do because... <clears throat> My trades, I'll get to my trades shortly, but <coughs> sorry. I was looking at flipping Reese Robson to Harry Grant. That's been, sorry, Brandon Smith to Harry Grant. That's been my plan all along. But you make a really good point in that 42 points on the weekend in 80 minutes in a, an understrength Cowboys outfit, to be fair. But he'd scored tries in five of the six weeks prior to that, which he's not going to do every week. Averaging 61 for the season. And, and you're right in that. If Harry Grant does miss once Brandon Smith's back, he comes in and plays big minutes at hooker where he's very good. 
for that amount of cash difference, about 240, 30 odd K, uh, I don't mind at all. Ads, what are your trade and skipper plans for the week? So trade-wise, <clears throat> I'm trading Pappenhausen probably to Tedesco. In fact, I think I've already even made the trade just so I feel better about looking at my side. <laughs> uh, so Pappenhausen to Teddy, and I'll probably save um, the other trade. And skipper, I'm probably going to go Cleary. It, it feels a bit odd captaining against Cronulla, but, again, Cleary just feels like, I don't know, match-up proof. And yeah. I just feel like Penrith are going to like – they've got through that origin period. All those guys are rested. They're going to come in. They probably want to make a statement against Cronulla at home. <laughs> I just think they – I'll probably get Cleary, I reckon. Now you're going to be some angry boys. Uh, Spire, did you drop your skippers before? I sure didn't, so I'll just jump in quickly. Uh, at the moment, I've got the VC on Ruben. He plays Friday night at six, so that's a good one to do. And then I've got Teddy at the moment. Um <laughs> Cleary is obviously a weapon to do, but uh, they're playing the Sharks, who they're a pretty good football side this year. They might front up a bit, whereas I think Teddy could do some damage in their game Friday night against Newcastle, who have been, or they've been struggling, quite frankly. Um, and Roosters, they're on the up. They need they need points and wins, so I might go with the Ted man. Um, can I just mention while I'm on it who I'm not playing this week, or are we going to get to that? Uh, no, go for it, mate. I just want to mention, with Cronulla playing Penrith, a uh, few people are in Cronulla, boys. I almost sat... I'm not playing Mulatalo, I'm not playing Talakai, and I'm almost not playing Nico Hines. Mm. Um, the only thing is, if I wasn't to play Nico, I think it's a Max King type who I'd play instead, who probably rocks out of 50-60, and Nico's got that ton of potential. So Nico will end up playing for me. I'm probably just one man short of really sitting him as well, but just something to consider with any side that plays Penrith the rest of the year, if you can avoid playing any of those attacking guys where possible. Uh, if you've got coverage elsewhere, probably not the worst thing to do. Yep. No, no, fair shouts, mate. And I'm with you. I'll be sitting Sharky's players this week. Muli Talo won't be in my side. Uh, my trade plan's <clears throat> very loose and very subject to change because they've, I mean, they've been changing throughout this this recorded episode as it stands, but potentially moving three trades. And the reason being is my first option, which I came into the podcast with, Brandon Smith out to Harry Grant, Pappenhausen to Latrell, and then Sean Lane to Cam Murray. Now, I didn't really want to use three and use the boost, but I needed an extra about 12 or 13K to facilitate Brandon Smith to Harry Grant. So Lane to Murray did that for me. So I don't mind that. The other one, which I was speaking of earlier, that landed me on $0 is I could go Max King to Payne Haas and then keep Lane. as a So I'd have basically Lane and Payne Haas instead of Cam Murray and Max King. So whichever way that one goes. But yeah, not about a little backup front rower, Payne Haas. Uh, and then the other option, I mean, the spies just thrown about Reese Robson and holding on to Brandon Smith, my own. That could change things entirely as well. So, as usual, I'll lock those in later in the week and drop them in the, the WhatsApp group for the subscribers. Uh, just on, the, yep. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry to cut you off full of skippers, but just on Reese Robson as well. One thing about getting rid of him, it frees up cash for all the other positions because you've got like back rowers, centers, wingers, halves, and all that, where you can find a lot of value, where if you keep your Reese Robson, you've got that money tied up in the hooker position. And Reese Robson's a guy that I really like him. He's done an outstanding job, but maybe he averages 65, 70 for the run home, mm. whereas you might be able to use that money to target someone in the last month who could average a ton. So that's another reason I quite like doing it, because you're not then going to go... You're not then going to downgrade Robson later to upgrade someone else and use two trades. It's just not going to happen. So I don't mind that at all. Yeah, the, the other thing I've been looking at with that is 
just thinking if you if you look at what's my ideal starting seventeen and what position do you want it in, it's probably not two hookers. Include like you've probably just got Harriet Hooker, and it's probably not a second hooker. You've probably got a second fullback, second halfback, maybe a second five eight, depending on what you got, or, or two centers depending on the matchups. And I, so I kind of don't think Reese Robson would be in your starting seventeen if you had full strength. Yeah. So maybe having Brandon as the backup to Harry means if Harry gets injured. And he's, you know, for some reason you lose him for the season. We got Brandon there to come in. And then yeah. I'd probably rather have a a gun centre or second rower as flexibility than Reese Robson. Now I've got Robson, so I'm but he's one keeper in inverted commas. I am tempted to switch switch to a better keeper that also improves my depth and flexibility of my top side. Mm. Yeah. Huge huge fan of that ploy. And it'd allow me probably to go it might be allow him to turn in someone like a Mike Acevo or Tony Staggs to say a Ruben Garrick with that two fifty odd k as well, which is massive. Yeah, which is really big. So and just quietly, I don't know if you end up keeping him, but I quite like Sean Lane. He's doing a lot of work. I like Sean Lane edge. too. Yeah, uh, yeah, but obviously you might you might be able to get someone else slightly better. But he's he's doing yeah. a good job and he's got points in him. Plenty to consider. Uh, and captains, you boys touched on my ones uh, again, but Cleary v Sharkies looks the standout, but. Particularly at his ownerships by James Tedesco versus the Knights, who have just been so so ordinary. Uh, that's very tempting as well on the Friday night. A little bit of risk. Uh, Roosters have lost a couple. They've also got a few back. So anyway, a few to consider there going into the weekend, fellas. Let's yeah. jump into a few questions before we wrap up. Oh, ads. Just the last one. So just I was just playing with my side as you were talking mm-hmm. about that, and suddenly like if I switch out Robson and I bring Brandon Smith up to hooker, so I've got him as cover for um, Harry. Then I can bring Talakai up to my second row, which at the moment I don't have a dual position second row centre, and I've kind of got no depth at second row. So now I've got mm. depth at second row, yeah. flexibility with um, Targo, and then I bring in a Ruben Garrick. I much prefer Ruben Garrick in my starting side than than um, Reese Robson every week, and I've got much better duels in right positions. So um, I think I'm going to do that, Spy. I think I'm going to No boys. Over. I'm here all week if you need anything else, all right? Just yeah, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> After the gloomy start, it's been a very productive, upbeat finish to it. So we've we've really turned it on its head, which is only a good thing. <laughs> um, questions, Alex Clark, first one, uh, and Spy, one that I'm pondering over a little bit as well. Alex Clark is Cody Walker a hold? Is Cody a hold? Um, who they play this week again? They've got Storm. Melbourne yeah. under strength, Melbourne. Um, he's a hold if you're short on trades. There's no harm doing that and playing him when you need to, but ideally I think you would move him on. Uh, but he's playing some better footy with the trail back. I just think with that run home, he's if you could get rid of him for someone of a bit more quality with a better draw, I would. Mm. Uh, Glenn Minute, who to get first as a replacement? Oh, we've sort of spoken about all the fullbacks uh, in depth. Um Adds Rod Solomon, who benefits at the Roosters with the injuries to Satili Tupanua and Billy Smith? No idea. I'll cut, I've, I've got no idea in terms I've, of who's I've, I've, got, I've got your back but, there, mate. Butcher, but is it like is it like someone like Butcher maybe, but is it really super coach relevant? Like are we really I think the one I think the one that benefits aside from Butcher who mayor, uh, I think it, I threw that one in there because I think the relevance was Angus Crichton who Look, we assumed he'd probably be starting for the rest of the year anyway, but we've already seen him play off the bench at stages this year. I think he's locks in 80 minutes for Angus Crichton for the season. So anyone even like – people traded him last week, which seemed a bit odd. He came out and was terrific. Spy, how the hell has Angus Crichton not scored a try this year? 
It's actually, there's some curses in sport that happen. He's currently on one, the big fella. Uh, surely, oh, don't get me started on that. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Ads question from Stevie Hevener, SC Playbook Draft Expert, ranked 150th. Talk to me, team. If you could only have one, Brian Toto or, or David Fafita this week? This week? Mm. Um, Brian Toto. Because the Titans are playing the Bulldogs and we're going to... Um... <laughs> keep, him, keep him to nothing. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll be his breakout game. You wait for it. He's done He's done bugger all year and he'll come out and run it out. Left yeah. side defence. Actually, left side defence is pretty good. So, now I I don't know. I'm, I'm sick of looking at Fafida and thinking he's going to bust out massive scores and he doesn't. I reckon he's been... I don't know how he got 75 the other day. but I, I rate him this way. Get on him. <laughs> Would you go <laughs> over Toto's by? This, this week? week I would, yep, against the Sharks. I think Fafita's he's due for a meaty, and um, he's also swapped edges. I think I was a little bit drunk Saturday night, but I think he might have gone to the left. Did I make that up? Ads, <laughs> uh, uh, it's Josh Dogger. Who scores more this week, Garrick versus the Dragons or Holmes v the Tigers? Well, that's what I've been trying to work out myself in the last minute, as I said about bringing in Garrick, and then mm. I looked at Holmes is like 150k cheaper for me to bring in, and he's got that beautiful draw, and he's a pod, and he's playing the Tigers this week. This week, so <laughs> and, it's, and it's dry. Just quite that reminds me of something really important. It's wet nearly every game this weekend, and could be really wet. But the Cowboys Tigers one is up in Townsville, and it's dry, so that's massive for Val. And so this is and where your, your super coach knowledge is elite. You're bringing in weather conditions, <laughs> breeze. It's really, I love it. Yeah, so I, I'm. I kind of like the idea of myself of bringing in a Holmes over Garrick just because of the pod, just because of where I'm at. And, and he's just got such a sweet draw. Just because why not? Yeah. That's your, that's your reason at yeah. the moment, yeah. yeah. No, I don't mind that. I don't mind it. Any love for Damien Cook, who obviously rested up from a week off, sort of the one who he might not have to a lot of people, but to me he's probably flown under the radar a little bit due to the bunny struggling a bit. Averaging 75 this season, Spy. Do you any love for him? Definitely love for him, yeah. yeah. Um, he sort of tends to do well regardless of who he plays. Uh, the draw, again, maybe just turns me off fractionally, but there's there's nothing wrong if you want to have a crack at him. Mm. Uh, lucky last, I'll leave this one for you, Ads. Would you play Karaz against the Titans? Yes. I'll just jump uh, in there. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a great... Play. I, I really rate Karaz as a player, so I think he's a great player, and I think he's a super coach player. Like even when he doesn't score, he's, he's getting forty. So I think can he score against the Titans? Like definitely, like our attack's a lot better than he has been, and he, yeah, I think he's a quality player. So um, I mean, I, it's a bit hard to answer that without knowing who you're resting. But would I start Karaz over a Mulatalo? Like probably. Hmm. Spy, would you? You would. I would play Carrazzo over Mulatalo this week for a bike who's playing Penrith. Um, and if I get Manu'd again this week, I might just bring in Carraz for the rest of the year and captain him. Bugger it. What's <laughs> <laughs> now officially uh, gone off the reservation? <laughs> in short, I do love Carraz, but yeah, it's all about depth. Um, but over someone like Mulatalo versus the Titans, and he's got the Titans, he's a good man. He's just got a good base. He loves an offload tackle bus. He's solid. If I get Manu'd again this week, I'm just going to instantly pass on SC Playbook to Desi Creek and just hand him the range because I'm retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's enough for today. Uh, <laughs> great, great podcast. Great uh, upbeat finish to it after that grim start. Ads, thanks as always for jumping on, mate. 
Pleasure, boys. Thanks, Timmy. Cheers, Spite. Cheers, boys. And um, Fafita did play left edge last week. I just double-checked. Uh, I was a little bit drunk, but that's pretty good news for Fafita owners. I think he scores more tries there. Cheers, boys. Thanks for tuning in, guys.